Happy Wednesday and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Into the Night Minute, a show where each and every week uh, different teams of uh, Movies by Minute podcasters get together and talk about the 1985 sort of comedy, sort of action adventure, sort of who knows what, uh, John Landis production of Into the Night. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of... Oh, gosh. TV Dad's uh, The Airport Minute, uh, the Apollo 13 Minute, and a little show we like to call The Rocketeer Minute. And I'm sort of Hal Bryan from uh, <laughs> the Airplane Nerd from the Experimental Aircraft Association here in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And also, uh, um, I would say world-renowned, right along with you, Jim, for the, uh, the esteemed and, you know, award-deserving Rocketeer Minute. Yeah, we're we're not we're not Finhead number one, but we're at least in the upper six hundreds somewhere in there, I think. Easily, <laughs> and uh, and a show that hopefully might have another episode or two sometime yeah, here in the fairly a, near future. We've got a couple of surpri- big surprises. Come well, on, I don't know how much of a surprise we've been chatting about it with different people, but there's some pe- pretty big folks showing up uh, soon. So keep, stay tuned. Um, but uh, right now, you know, we were. Uh, how we were we were together uh, at the be- very beginning of this movie, and now we're, we're coming near the end, and we're we're still back at LAX, and uh, the gosh, haven't we all been waiting in airports for other people? Exactly. Although, well, it's harder now. I mean, yeah, of course, today they'd just be sitting in a cell phone lot. Yeah. But, <laughs> or, but they do orbit, just like every everybody else is <laughs> right. orbiting around. Um, and uh, gosh, the idea that you can uh, just park your car and run in. <laughs> Those were the days. Yeah, we didn't run really, straight to the gate. Yeah, we uh, didn't appreciate that. Or, you know, stop at the cocktail lounge on your way there. Exactly. So, uh, this was also the uh, heady days of, or maybe the waning heady days of airport observation decks and all those good things. Oh, those, those are the times. Those, yes. And the idea of being able to hug people is you, the, last, the only place you really couldn't go was down the jetway. Right. Um, but uh, I, I don't know how many, how many times, who hasn't spent time in LAX? Um, along those long, I, I, the, I, I keep picturing the opening of the graduate with the uh, the long uh, the escalator that doesn't go up. It's oh right, the, the, the people mover, and uh, these this is what you'd find at the very end of the people movers those uh, those big uh, barbell shaped. Um, it's not a terminal. It's a, I mean, it's a gate cluster. I don't know what is the what is the technical airline term for that. I, I know it, at a lot of reports this is referred to as uh, as a satellite. Okay. So it's so like I, I know, SeaTac. I've got more experience flying out of there than most airports, and uh, and you've got the North Satellite, the South Satellite, those kinds of things, where you've got a cluster of, as you said, a cluster of gates. But uh, I'm going to say satellite. Satellite sounds good. Satellite I mean, for a hundred, Jim. My uh, <laughs> my my home airport here being DFW, it's so much easier because we just call them terminals. Ah, and, there you uh, go. And there there are chunks of, I mean. I can tell a horrible story from back in the back in the day where uh, they used to have um, every gate had two uh, uh, jetways and there was like 28A and 28B. And um, one time I was supposed to be on a flight to Austin, and uh, they were waving us down, hurry, 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 and we ran down the ter- ran down the terminal, and I sat down in my seat. And uh, as the plane was taxiing out, the uh, flight attendant looked at my boarding pass and said, you're not supposed to be sitting in the seat. And then she looked at the boarding pass again. She goes, you're not even supposed to be sitting on this aircraft. Oh, jeez. And, of course, once they close the door, they're not going back. So uh, I went to San Antonio that day instead of Austin. And uh, 
actually had to fly a, a Beach 99. Well, I didn't fly. I sat in the back. But uh, somebody else flew a Beach 99 to get me back from uh, <laughs> on Alamo Airways. Thank you, Alamo. I'm sorry you're not there. Now you're a rental company instead. But I, I like to think that they chartered that airplane specifically <laughs> and that the call sign was O'Kane 1. Yes. Yes. See, I, I needed a chopper on the pad in 15 minutes. That's the call I wanted them to make. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It was it was a kind of an air it was kind of an airline where they they pull the curtain back behind the uh, pilot and he turns around and he said this is your captain speaking that's the yeah, exactly just talking over his shoulder but uh, good good times oh except my, my boss was upset that I was four hours late but yeah there they, you know these things happened that, that was another that was another century so <laughs> um, but uh, do you have any good uh, LAX memories have you I mean you've you've traveled through there enough times yeah, I've traveled through there certainly a few times although you know. Um, as I got a little bit older and we would go places in Southern California, I always tended to start looking at other airports in the area and trying to sort of avoid LAX. Yeah. The, um, uh, the most vivid memory I have about at least a, f- uh, a flight from LAX or anything having to do with LAX would have been in, uh, let me f- hang on, I got to do math, <laughs> would have been in January of... 1989, is that right? Yes. Mm. When uh, my dad made his last uh, last flight for United oh. when he was retiring. And that was uh, LAX to Honolulu. My mom and I rode with him. Wow. And then... Uh, the um, Hawaii 5.0 route, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So LAX to Honolulu, he made the smoothest landing I've ever experienced in any aircraft. It was in a 747-200. Oh. And it felt like we just... I, I, I was waiting at Honolulu to sort of be excited for that ceremonial touchdown of the wheels. And I couldn't tell when the wheels touched. It was that wow. good. Uh-huh. Um, and then uh, while we were in Hawaii, uh, he hit his 60th birthday. And that meant, so, you know, that's mandatory retirement. So yeah. So we, uh, we all flew back as, uh, as passengers. Wow. wow. After, yep. a, after an exciting 30-hour vacation in Honolulu, to this day, my only trip to Hawaii. Wow, but memorable it was. Now, yes. were they fly, what, what kind of livery were they flying on United in 89? Was it still a... That was still the, uh, the, the three-color... Uh, the orange like, and the red, blue. Orange, red, yeah. and blue, yeah. And the, the, yeah. the U that looked like uh, yeah, the very, very stylized U. Right, the very stylized that's made up of slices of colors. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and of course, this is long before the Continental merger, before they started putting the Continental Globe on the tail, which. Right, yeah, painting everything blue. So. And, oh, well. Um, I, I just, I, I keep remembering, I mean, I'm sure your dad flew during the glory days when it was the red and blue with the black United in a universal font. Oh, yep, yep. And uh, then, you know, with and without the blue stars and with and yep. without the gold cheat line and all that. Yeah, he started in 1952 on DC 3s. Wow. And then retired in 89 on 747. So I think he had just about the perfect airline career. Wow. No, it's fantastic. And it, it kind of parallels. My mom had had the same. Well, she started in 43 at American and also ended in 89. Um, That's so just amazing. Just a, an interesting overlap. Wow. Um, but anyway, back to uh, in this movie, we're watching an interesting little bit. I was listening to the um, uh, John Landis commentary about about the film. He didn't actually do a director's commentary, but he chatted about it on the Blu-ray. And uh, when Ed is stuck in traffic, as he's uh, kind of leaning into it on his Ferrari, um, he's right behind uh, uh, a Volvo station wagon, which they were they didn't have any, they forgot to get prop uh, vehicles. And so that's, that's John Landis's uh, Volkswagen. And there's another car that passes them, and I think that's the cinematographer's uh, car that passes them while he's... Uh, 
while he's you know sitting in line waiting to to get into the parking garage. Oh, that's fantastic! So I don't know if uh, uh, Mr. Landis was reimbursed for use of a prop car, but that was uh, just interesting <laughs> to see that John Landis, the guy who directed you know Animal House, and he's right. having all these successes, and he drives a Volvo. Wow! So uh, <laughs> with a bumper sticker that must say "See you next Wednesday." Yeah, and please. I just, I just demand that. It has to. This it point. has to. Uh, um, so and and it's funny, you know, this is kind of become full circle because he start Diana or you know Ed met Diana in that very same parking garage right so, that's um, right that's where this all started it truly has come full circle and it's kind of weird thinking that they filmed those scenes I mean all the LAX scenes they filmed at the same time so we're back you know they they filmed they they, uh, they filmed these first parts of the movie at the very end uh, you know, and uh, and now that they're at the end they're finally caught up with what they had been filming or you know they they shot all this other stuff now so it's uh it's very odd um and and we even get back to uh you know the scene with the feature building which I th- we talked a little bit about the uh, uh the last time but that is just if there's any i more iconic building in los angeles other than maybe the hollywood sign um i can't think of an, a more iconic yeah. LA I mean, symbol griffith park would make the top yeah. several but for sure yeah, this is the um, that's what's interesting is L.A. has one of the sort of the least remarkable skylines, I think, of our big cities. And that's not a, I don't mean that as an insult. It's just the downtown itself doesn't necessarily have, they don't have a Space Needle, they don't have a Transamerica building or Chrysler yeah, building. They, They've they got the that, U.S. Bank one. Yeah, the tu- that tubular that tubular looking you know, U.S. Bank building. Right, it's and then not, the the, uh, the dragnet, I always think of the dragnet yeah. building, the LAPD badge building, the Justice yeah, building. The, 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 and then, yeah. of course, Nakatomi Plaza. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, but, <laughs> but that's, that's, out, that's out in the hills. We're, not, right. we're talking that's downtown. Downtown. And, you know, you have to go into, like, the Bradbury building to, to notice it. You wouldn't notice it from the outside, but on the inside, you'd say, oh, yeah, we're in Blade Runner. So <laughs> exactly. It's, uh, yeah, LA, or, or L.A. itself, downtown L.A., looks like the uh, the demo program for some kind of a 3D modeling pro- program for buildings. It's just kind of, <laughs> right. here's a bunch of squares, and this is what it looks like. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I do enjoy the feature building, of which... I've never been in. I've always wanted to. I mean, I've been around it, and I know. Yeah. You know, I I've can never visit. never been in it either. So, the the restaurant closed uh, years ago, but then, as far as I know, is it? I think it's reopened. I is think, it I think been it's, reopened? It's okay. reopened, and there's like there's like people visiting and stuff, and it's just it's so. You know, it, the problem is, is that nobody goes to LAX. To tour it, they they go right. to LAX to pick up their luggage that they left the last time. You know. Exactly, but, um, and they go to LAX to get sort of get out of there. And yeah, yeah, and uh, I I can't I, I've never I've never parked at LAX because I always just rent a car when you're there. But I I would imagine that the parking is a lot more involved, and you you can't just park across the street from the the departure uh, lane. You know, it, it's it's not going to happen. Right. Um, yeah, that's not going to be the same. So uh, I, you know, I just don't, I don't see it. It, it this looks not, and having been in the terminals uh, recently, I, you know, it, it looks nothing like the, like that very low slung feeling that that it is, that it is in this picture. So, um, but you know, time flies, and you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have this movie if. Uh, I, I wonder about that. With, uh, I mean, there must still be red eye flights to Vegas and things, and. I know there's there's lots of flights going south to you know places like Acapulco or Puerto Vallarta or Cancun. Sure, but it just seems like it's not. It wouldn't be as spur of the moment as it used to be. 
you know, it used to be like a bus station that you could just hop on something and be somewhere else. Go to right. Vegas. You know, um, yeah, you can hop on as long as you get there two hours before departure yeah, and, you yeah, know, it's, it's and have a return the, ticket. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> Go through the uh, dignity removal line and you'll be all set. <laughs> exactly. One thing I've always, uh, my favorite thing, of, well, actually, I have two favorite things about the Milwaukee airport. Not a, not a huge airport, but, mm. a, you know, one of our slightly more local hubs here is, uh, number one, there's a great museum there that apparently is relocating, but they've got a really, really nice stuff, and it's just outside of security. So in theory, mm. in theory you could go and wander through the museum. It's not huge, but it's uh, it's well-packed. But the other thing is that after the, uh, <clears throat> after you, as you said, the dignity removal line, there's an area set up with sort of low tables and chairs and, and you know, places to prop your feet uh, that's, that's officially signed and labeled the recombobulation area. <laughs> And that at least they at least they get it. Yeah. You, know, you go through your belts off, your shoes are off. You you you're just dragging along. Yeah. You, you feel know. you feel you feel like an after like an extra in the in the movie Twister. Exactly. <laughs> and then then they hand you you know a tub full of your stuff, but you got to scoop everything out of the tub and carry it by hand to somewhere, and just try to put it all together. It's like why did yeah. I why did I even get dressed before I got here? <laughs> Next time I'm wearing a bathrobe and socks. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Exactly. And then pull my pull my you know traveling clothes out of yeah. the suitcase after it's gone through and been expected <laughs> um i yeah it, it's uh and and then yeah, i've i've just recently signed up for the um it's not the pre-check it's the global something or other global pass or something and oh okay all of a, all of a sudden because i have a mastercard I, I can i can get pre-check as you know pretty much more often oh that's so nice yeah uh, I'd, we'd signed up for the pre-check thing about a year ago and it's you know philosophically i bristle at it it's like it's like saying, okay, if I fill out some paperwork and talk to you in advance, I can just dance you're, on you're, through. Yeah, you're <laughs> going to legally trust me more. Like somehow I'm not subject to quite the same laws and things, and I get all cranky about it. But it really does make a huge difference. It really is nice for just in in some airports. It's not so much traveling outbound from here if if I'm leaving from a small airport, but when I'm going someplace larger, and then the return flight can be yeah, uh, it can be a lifesaver. De- definitely, and. and the thing, the the downside of of this uh, you know purchasable precheck is apparently everybody in DFW area has discovered it as well. So the precheck line is about maybe three times as long as the uh, uh, you know suit yourself line. So <laughs> right. I, I'm not sure it's it's like getting a Costco uh, you know one of those Costco memberships to get gas cheap and then you find out that you got to wait for you know 20 rows back to get on. Exactly. So just a, a peculiar thing. So anyway, this, there's not much going on in this minute, but it was it's it's fascinating just to see them making this. I mean, you think about it; it's four in the morning, and they've got to shoot all this stuff. Landis had to come up with something, so he he had to get drag all the cars that were in there, uh, you know, that was, was parked around the camera crew, and say, "Hey, you've got a car; you're going to be in the movie now. So get out there and start driving." <laughs> now, and, does uh, that get you a SAG card? I'm I'm just wondering, or, or are you a stuntman now, or are you a teamster? I mean, it's, it's, how do you? I don't know. It's. Oh. It's very, very disturbing. But and, uh, yeah, and if you're not in either union, are you are you just a scab driving your, you know, yeah, driving I your mean, Volvo? Well, I guess wouldn't count for Landis. I but. mean, if you're you're an extra and you're requested to do a a, a stunt, which is just you know sitting behind another car, or, or do they have to get towed? I don't know. Uh, well, that's for another day. But uh, anyway, for another day. It's been a it's been a thrilling minute, Hal, and thank you so much for for being with us on this. And uh, well, hopefully, <clears throat> and remember, Jim, the white zone. <laughs> <laughs>
Yes. Is for loading and unloading of passengers only. Don't come in here. No, I can't say that one. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, come on, Vernon. Yes. Yeah, don't start with your white zone stuff again, Betty. <laughs> oh, my gosh. As soon as uh, I, I, Did you know, do they still to this day, I know they did for years after, but do they still do the same white zone announcements at LAX? And I'm sorry, you were just winding up, but yeah, I think I think so, but I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure there's they've probably added on to it with um, telling you that the uh, you know the Homeland Security tells you that you have to, you cannot leave, start your car here. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's probably it probably sounds more dire now than it did 30 years ago. I'm sure it does. But, uh, but if maybe folks who are in the LA area who uh, who travel and transit uh, that way could give us. A recording would be nice. I would love to post that on any of our social media. So, uh, folks, if you, if you are listening in and you'd like to uh, drop in your thoughts or your audio of what uh, LAX sounds like today, we'd be happy to hear from you. Try us at our Facebook site, which is the uh, King Lives uh, uh, lis- Listener's Limo out there on Facebook. You can also uh, drop us a line on Twitter at Night Minute. Um, and also, if, if you haven't listened to our previous almost 100 episodes now, uh, check them out on our big site, nightminute.com. You can listen to them all over there. And, of course, we're always available on the streaming services, which is now uh, Apple Podcasts instead of iTunes or uh, Google Play or Spotify. So check those out. Um, but let's, let's come back and talk a little bit more about airports tomorrow here on the Into the Night Minute. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category. 